And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Crowley. Thanks so much for joining us, Marquette. What's going on, Marquette, is what I should really say. Got Charlie Bremer in studio. It's up to you, Blake. It's your show. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, well, that's what we normally say. So, Was I, my mic on? Yes. Okay, good. I just hit another button. Make it sound a little bit better, that's all. You can give us a call, 906-226-4570. Need all the help I can get with that, Blake. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. You got, you got any more buttons that will make me sound better? Mm, I don't think there exists uh, such a thing. I thought you just pressed one. Yeah, but not to make you any better at this point. Oh, those buttons aren't aren't magic, huh? No, they can only do so much. You know, you... They're analog I'll just, buttons. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Analog, digital, magic, none of it would work for you. Well, I got the uh, end of the Brewers game going here. I know it's already over. Did I was going to say. Did they hold um, on? What? Did they hold on and win? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Look at that. We just broke some news to you, even yes. though it was like 15 minutes ago. We'll talk about that Brewers game today the, and last night. The one last night that really didn't finish today. Well, no, I guess not. It would have been about a half hour. Close. Yep. It was close. So we'll talk some Brewers, talk some Tigers. Uh, we will get to preseason football. The final game of the preseason is tonight. Everybody's playing tonight. Um, get to some college football as well. It's a full show. There's even some high school football going on tonight. Uh, first, though, uh, one of our more serious topics is one we've been following for quite some time with Michigan State. The NCAA uh, released a couple letters, sent them to Michigan State, saying that no NCAA violations were found in a review of how the school responded to sexual assaults committed by Larry Nasser, and also uh, there have been no uh, NCAA violations in its review of the institution's handling of student conduct allegations involving football and men's basketball student-athletes. So, did you get all that? Yeah, well, I don't know how that is because aren't there coaches and or other employees that are facing criminal charges because they didn't report him? So, how isn't the aren't aren't the employees of the university? When I read that article you sent me, I was really it didn't make sense to me. It's very honestly. confusing. Well, it does it just doesn't make sense because it says the university is found like you like you just said, I don't need to repeat that, I guess. But then it talks in that same article about coaches at the time. Right, but and that's what employees. was alleged. That's what this whole thing was, the reports. It was alleged that they didn't report it properly. The NCAA now has come in and said that they actually did report it properly. Well, that doesn't make any sense because there's still – apparently there's prosecutors out there that don't feel the same. But have they been convicted? Well, they're no. awaiting their trials or their pleas right. or whatever they're going to the, end up the doing. The court of law and the court of the NCAA, if you will, oh, yeah. are two different things. And, yeah. The NCAA cannot legislate or punish schools for some things that are outside of its jurisdiction. Like, they couldn't punish Michigan State because Larry Nasser sexually assaulted students. Well, this is going to be something that... It's just another thing that NCAA doesn't make sense. It says, oh, they found that there was no wrongdoing, but yet there's employees, former employees, people who are getting paid by the university, who isn't that who the university is? I mean, it's their, it's the body of their employees and students collectively. So there were members of the university, and they're facing criminal charges I but mean, they some could pretty have, stiff ones at that. It was the handling of the allegations. MSU fired some of those employees, so they say they handled it properly. So the the one part of this is basically, um, since it was a two pronged investigation, if you will, one was the Larry Nasser stuff, one was the allegations from football and basketball players, if you recall. So there were two separate things oh, yeah. that the NCAA was looking at yeah. with the football and basketball players that started because of an ESPN outside the lines report that we went through. I think it was in January. It was released if I'm not mistaken, where it went through all these things that, that football and basketball players allegedly did and how the teams tried to sweep it under the rug 
basically incriminated Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio, and the NCAA just said today, well, actually, no, they did not do anything wrong in handling that. It does not say that the sexual assaults did not happen. It says that the school handled that process properly once they found out or were told by the students that there were sexual assaults. Well, maybe the higher-ups of the school handled it properly when they found out, but there were coaches and some other employees that were sweeping it under the rug for a long time. And that's Not how according it went to the so NCAA. According, right to, according to prosecutors. I'm just saying, to, this is what the NCAA just, has said. You can take NCAA. it with a grand, grain of salt because it's the NCAA. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. And let me tell you, Twitter today, I will. I will. Michigan State Twitter is going bananas, and I hate it. I'm sure. I can tell. You're heated right there's now. Nothing, I haven't seen you like this yet. There's nothing as a Michigan State fan you should be gloating about. This is a very serious issue. This isn't like a win. No. You should be treating it like that. It's such a serious issue. Yes, Tom Izzo, Mark D'Antonio were vindicated, basically, from all of these ESPN allegations. Well, that doesn't mean you have to throw a parade. And the, These are still serious yeah. topics. And the thing I would be more worried about with Izzo is eventually some uh, maybe recruiting mishaps. Hasn't hit him in 20-plus uh, years. I know you're jealous. That's fine. It's close. It's fine. I'm going to get him. Even, you know, what, what was weird for me is this quote on Twitter from Kirk Herbstreet, an ESPN employee, yep. as you know. He quoted a tweet from a friend of the program, Chris Solari, where he tweeted out his article about these NCAA rulings. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet quote tweeted it and said, quote, can't wait to watch, read, and listen to all the follow-up stories from the same folks that had Michigan State basketball and Michigan State football guilty until proven innocent. Is that one reporter that followed Coach Izzo around at post-game pressers going to chase him down now? Unquote. Now that one shocked me. An ESPN employee attacking another ESPN employee for their reporting. And they were clearly holes their, in some of these investigations. For their reporting tactics. That seems to be what he was attacking. Well, it's both. The reporting, because the NCA said that those things in the outside of the Lions report did not happen. The, the handling of it, I should say. Uh, I don't know if it addresses whether the sexual assaults actually happened or not. We know they happened for Larry Nasser, But the outside of the Lions report was for those other sexual assaults and the handling of it by Michigan State. That was their problem. So Herb Street is basically calling out, I think it was Paula Pash, Paula Levine, I th- Paula Levine, I think, was the, the ESPN reporter, calling out a colleague, colleague. This just struck me as weird. I don't know. If I, anyone could do it, I mean, it, Herb Street would be one of the, isn't he like one of the untouchables? I guess. It's, he seems like just such a, not a talking head. He's an analyst. He doesn't. Yeah, he if doesn't Stephen seem a. like Smith the guy that would said, do that either. If Stephen A. Smith said this, I'd be like, "All right, right." This is another Stephen A. Smith thing, but it just oh, yeah. feels weird, and I don't like it. it. You know, when fans are rubbing it in other fan bases' faces, if you're using this to one up a school like Ohio State, that's just wrong. Right. Even if Michigan State was proven to be found in the right in its handling of these cases, I just. I just don't – it feels like an exploitation of something that, that still happened that was bad. And that they're, they're only found right in the eyes of the NCAA, in the eyes of the law that's still up in the air. I have no idea what's going on with any of the other investigations, if there are other investigations. Well, this whole no. situation is so complicated, I mean, it blows just, my mind. It's like I said, there's still former employees that are facing charges related to this whole Larry Nasser thing, so – Yes. That's what I'm that's what I've been consistently alluding to, I guess. But the NCAA says that the university as a whole is yeah. Now this is the other thing. NCAA violations doesn't mean that that term doesn't encompass anything bad that happens, if that makes sense. Like there are things that are bad that can happen at a school that are not NCA violations because the NCA can't doesn't cover everything. It's not a well, we know that. it's yeah, not a law enforcement body. Yeah. Like 
uh, at North Carolina with the fake classes and things like that. NCAA said that they couldn't do anything about it. Clearly, bad things still happened there. They just were technically outside of their purview. Seems like it, that could be the case here. I could be wrong, but at least I, I think there was some overreaction when this news first dropped back in, I think it was January with the report. People wanting Tom his own Mark D'Antonio fired. I think that was an overreaction. I just don't want it to swing the other way. Especially, especially Mark. I mean, he just seems like such a. He seems like a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a stand-up guy. He's one of the people good guys. tried to bring him down. Yeah, and he was steadfast in his innocence. They will do that. Said that he did nothing wrong, and he was proven right by the NCAA. And again, it's the NCAA. So not a big fan. Take it for what it's worth. Yep. That's 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 my thing. There you go. That's why I can't be like some of these Spartan fans who's who are just having a parade today. It's the NCAA. If you don't trust them for the other investigations, why do you all of a sudden now because it's Michigan State put them on the pedestal and saying, Oh, the all powerful NCAA never made a mistake in its entire history, has said that Michigan State has done no wrong, so we have to take it as a you know, as truth. That's that's my only thing. That's my problem with it. And uh, I I really, uh, I took a step back there. You were about to, I, I was, I had to start watching myself. I think you were going to jump over this little well, do you press know, board desk here. And do you know what it's like have it. to have friends? I, I went through a stretch from January to basically now where if I, met up with someone from Michigan State, or I met someone for the first time, and it came up that I went to Michigan State. The first thing was, man, Izzo and D'Antonio, are they going to get fired or what? Or, man, what's going on at your school? Some bad stuff. Ooh. You know how annoying that gets after okay. a while? So I know I've got to be about as annoying as they come, and I, even I, never mention that to you. I, I certainly can't that remember. That is true. I'm too... I'm too busy slamming you for being a Lions fan constantly. So That's fair. And other things that don't need to be mentioned on air. Okay. All right. Or they could be. No, let's, let's, no, let's not. Keep them off air because I don't know what they are. But I hate it oh, on you're... both sides when fan bases use situations like this. Use the Urban Meyer scandal, the Penn State scandal, to to bash schools uh, in, in a rivalry sense. It's some, that's because a lot of fans, that's the only way they're – program can get a win over another program that's just stupid it's off the field yeah off the field issues shouldn't be something that you gloat about whether right. it's your school that's affected by it or your rival's school unless it's oh our our uh there was a new water purification or desalination developed at our college and our university developed it and now there's a hundred million children in Africa getting water today. They get to take showers. I don't know. Wow. That, I didn't then you cheer. That. Then you cheer. Well, they're, they're, that, that's what I. It's the they negative. Cheer, they cheer for the weirdest things, don't they? You know, like you hear in recruiting, negative recruiting, where right. instead of talking about the positives of your school, you talk about the negatives of the other schools. That's what I don't like, in terms of this fan trash talk. Talking about the off the field issues, and how that you know destroys a program. Using that as gloating over another school. You just got to get over it, okay? There are more there these issues are more important than your football team. So that's what I wanted to get out there. Well, that and I mean like like the Badgers all they do is win, so I can focus on We are not talking about I can your focus, Badgers. Well, I'm just talking about, you know, I don't have to worry about slamming Michigan State for off the field stuff because the Badgers slam them on the field, so I'm I'm good. With Sounds like you're just falling right into the trap. Whatever you want to talk That's about. That's fine. I mean, you know, if you want to keep falling in that I, trap. I can keep it on the field, so. Okay. Good. That's where it should stay for everybody. Hey, hey Blake. Hey, what? Let's get to my little notes here. All right. They're now, a little scribbly. They're, they're so messy. They've got to be good. When we come back, we will get to Charlie's notes. You can read them word for word if you'd like. Um, not right now. I better not. After the break. They are the. I'll, I'll try, but I don't think I will be able to. It's like your brain vomited onto the page. Is that is that a fair way to describe um, it? Um, it did something onto the page. Okay, we'll find out what happened right after this here on the sports pen.
Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Get the outdoor storage you need with a Suncast Shed. The Tremont Series has a durable double wall resin construction, and it's made in the USA. The 8 by 10 foot shed is just $889.11 after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything. Now at Menards. Good through September 1st. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwa Casino. Barriga Marquette. I'm going to beat that. You are? I'm going to beat that next break. All right, I'm handing the paper to you. Give me that little It's a thing. lot of pressure. Call us, 906-226-4570. As I've mentioned on the show before, uh, Charlie likes to send me not text messages, but I call them text chapters because they're as long as a chapter in a book. That's because I... Uh... Well, obviously, we know how I can get to talking on this show. Yes. And then I, I have Siri. I just press it and have Siri do my... So you just ramble that transcribing? On. Yep. Oh, yeah. She can't, she can't keep up. She's terrible. I need to get a new transcriber mm. or dictator, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. It's maybe just don't do that. Get an old lady with a typewriter to follow me around. So we'll talk about today's and, game. And then have a pigeon on my shoulder. Right. Old lady with the typewriter. She can shoot it out, put put it to the pigeon, send it to Blake. Okay. And then I still won't read it. So we'll talk about the game today, game yesterday for the Brewers. Both went into extra innings. It must have been absolute torture for you as a fan. I'm going to tell you, that game last week, that 15-inning game against the Pirates, that game last night, when Lorenzen hit that home run, okay, so he's a relief pitcher, Blake, a relief pitcher, he hit his third home run, not of the season. Well, I guess, yes, might, I don't know how many home runs he's got this year. But anyways, it was his third home run against the Brewers. When was the last time you heard of a relief pitcher hitting a home run, much less three in the same year? When was the last time a relief pitcher got three at-bats in a season against the same team? Good point. And he hit three home runs against the Brewers this year. I'd say he that's more on Brewers pitching. fouled off. He fouled off. A two-strike bunt attempt, but it was it was coming in on him. We've seen this happen a million times. Pitchers going, you know, they're with two strikes. They're still trying to bunt. It it busts in on them, and really to defend themselves, they still they throw the bat at the ball, and the ball goes flying. Foul ball, and they're called out. I've seen it a million times, all the time. They they didn't call him out. They 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 gave some really terrible reasoning. So basically, they called it a regular foul ball they instead of a, a bunt foul, foul ball. ball. It was a bunted foul ball. I it was. You should have heard Bill Schroeder. I, I like Bill Schroeder. I like him more and more all the time now. After last night, who's he going crazy? He was he was maintaining, but it was hard. Okay. He he you said hear some a little things. quiver in his voice. Oh man, he was. He was getting going, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. And so did Brian Anderson, even. And he's pretty—he's always defending the umpires. He's a lot like me. I, I defend the umpires most of the time, and that's just how does that happen? Mm-hmm. How do you make that? So or basically, not make that call. It's if you miss the game, that happened where he was given the sixth inning. In the sixth inning, he was given an, an extra pitch basically because he should have been. Normally would have been called out. Instead, was just given a regular foul ball. Next pitch hits a home run. The Brewers were down six to seven, and there was runners on first and second. One two count, dinger right over left field wall. Lorenzen yep. crushed it because he's pretty jacked. And um, yeah, Taylor Williams hung the slider. Could have changed the game. Oh, it did. It did change the game because it but, shouldn't I mean, have gone Brewers to extras. Well, the very next half inning, the Brewers scored four runs. It was ten to ten. 
Mm-hmm. Then in extras, Jesus Aguilar was at the 13th inning, hits a home run. That was his first at bat of the day. Okay, great. You know, the Brewers should be able to hold on. Then with two outs, Aaron Perez hit a double, and Bill Schroeder said that's they need another run. It's going to take more than one. They need another. And he wasn't like, oh, it'd be nice if they could get another an insurance run mm-hmm. here. He said they need it. Well, Eric Kratz came up with another big extra inning RBI single, just like last week, which his batting average is well over 260 now, I do believe. He's just been having great at-bats for the last two months. I'm loving it. For a 38-year-old catcher that's, I mean, that for, basically played his whole career in the minors. That's pretty good. Anyways. Congratulations. So he hits in Aaron Brewers go up 13-11. to 11. First pitch of the bottom of the 13th, Jeremy Jeffress, I believe it was the Scott Shevler. I'm not quite sure on that. Gave it's not up, in your notes? Gave up a solo homer. The first, it, to get through those two innings, Jeffers threw nearly 40, 40 pitches, and he walked two and gave up a homer and still got, I I don't know if it counted as, I guess it would have counted as a win for him. But my goodness, what a game. The Brewers needed it. The game today, there was three days in a row, potential game changing calls luckily in the first game the brewers really just lost that on their own regardless that i mean that that should have been another miraculous comeback but their pitching just couldn't hold on the red scored nine runs the second game obviously the, the call bunt. i just talked about the bunt now today they had a guy thrown out at home kratz had the ball tagged him way before he touched the plate don't know what the heck the ref or the ump was calling Called him out, and then their replay angles were well, maybe minorly obstructed. They supposedly didn't have enough evidence to overturn the call. The ball was in Kratz's hand, in his glove, long before, I believe it was Suarez, touched home plate, and I do not know how they called him safe, even on a replay. It was just these calls have been so horrible so then that tied the game at one, I believe, in the seventh or eighth inning and went to extras, tied one to one. And then Lorenzo Cain, of all people, goes yard. Hit his 10th homer, bounced up high off the top of the wall at great, I don't even like to call it great American ballpark. Why? It's the great, you know what, whole ballpark. Whoa. I hate that place. How about just mediocre American ballpark? Well, it has nothing to do with America. I love America. God bless. But, my goodness, that ballpark. (laughs) Have you been there? I've been outside of it. So you haven't been inside of it? No, I was working in So then how could you say it's really bad if you've never actually been inside of it? I was right outside of it. That does not count. I was working. Your opinion is invalidated. Didn't need to go in there. No, no. You're wrong. I could not believe it. And it wasn't, you know, obviously the ballpark's fine, whatever. I don't like the Reds and those umpires. And it was, uh, it was, uh, now I can't remember the crew chief's name. Bill Welke, was um, it? No, um, Randazzo, Tony Randazzo. Oh, okay. And he typically has good crews. So I don't know what the heck his problem was. These guys need to get more sleep. Do you want to know? What his explanation was for the bunt call? No, I heard it, and it's. But don't it, think, I don't care what his explanation was. I don't was. think the people know. They the you, people need to know. Okay, they need to hear his explanation. But I need to throw this out there that if you watch the video, I've seen it a million times when they bust pitchers in with two strikes trying to bunt, and the pitcher fouls it off, falls to the ground, whatever, trying to avoid getting hit. They still call him out. I've never seen this called this way, literally hundreds of times. And so his explanations basically, it's just to cover his you-know-what, but... I'm going to read it anyway. Go for it. All right. You've never heard more about bunting than right now. Here's his quote. Crew Chief Bill Welke on Michael Lorenzen's foul ball. Quote, it was a very unusual play. 
I'm going to refer you to a couple of rules which it make clear unusual. this up. It wasn't unusual at all. I've seen it a million times. Do you want me to finish? Or I Go for it. I just had to throw that out there. And I'll probably interrupt you again, so I'll apologize ahead of time. Mm-hmm. The rule says a batter is out when he bunts foul on the third strike. But now we have to go to what is the definition of a bunt? So if we go to the definitions in the rule book, page 141, a bunt is a batted ball not swung at but intentionally met with the bat and tapped slowly within the infield. He was in full retreat. It was not an intentionally met non-swinging attempt. He was not attempting to hit that. Yes, he was. Therefore, if he's not bunting, it just becomes a foul ball. How do you hit the ball if you're not attempting to hit it? He well, like if you let's say a ball is coming at your head and you duck down, but the bat stays up the pitch and it hits wasn't, your bat. The pitch that's not that intentional. happens on a high. And and also uh, in those occasions, that's always a strike too. It's yes, he's not saying it's not a strike, but, but there's a difference between a bunt foul ball and a third strike. Okay, I should have focused on that foul ball because that doesn't. That's really irrelevant. Right. It's really not okay. relevant in this case. Well, it is. His bat was down. If, but he said he wasn't intentionally if, going for a bunt because he was in the process of pulling it back. If I don't right. know, how do I put this? I don't know. If he would have been, let's say he doesn't make contact with the ball. Yeah. They don't call it a strike. They call it a ball, so it would have been two and two. Okay. If they would have appealed down the first baseline, his bat had crossed the plane. But you it, could he pull was it back before the... He wasn't pulling it back. Okay. If you look at the replay, he was holding it right there. He was keeping it out. And really, I think what he was doing was trying to make contact with the ball to keep it from hitting him. And, okay, if you don't want to get hit, that's a foul ball. The He should have just pulled the bat down then and took it like a man. And I mean, like they do every day. Took it like a man and took his base. The but mo- instead, they... I'm sorry, go. The moral of the story is the Brewers won, so stop complaining. And that is not... They should not have had to go to extra innings. But they still won. And Michael Lorenzen flipping his bat when he hit that home run, when he knew great. he should have been out. Oh, that's great. It was, Loved it. Oh, man. Oh, ho, ho. Loved it. Oh, bat dude. flips are the best. Oh, I love bat flips. I'm one of Carlos Gomez's biggest fans. But right there, you do... Oh, man, to flip that bat right there. It was great. He knew and he the, got lucky. Well, what was really great is the next inning, the Brewers just busted him right out the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how you get your revenge. He should have been charged with the loss, but they okay. only tied it up that inning. So, I've got a question for you. Are you ready? Is Christian Yelich a dark horse MVP candidate? You know, I would say no, but when you look at there's just nobody running away with it this year. And you look at the stats across the board, and then you throw in his defense. Yeah, he's a MVP candidate. Dark horse. I wouldn't say he's no, in the lead. He, he is. A can, he's there. He's, he's right there. He leads the National League in batting average, three sixteen right now. He's got twenty six homers, uh, which is eight off the lead from Matt Carpenter. So that's yeah. Uh, in terms of RBIs, I don't know if you still count that as relevant in the MVP discussion. Mm, he's he's really what I would look at more is uh, batting average with guys on base or runners in scoring position. Well, I don't have that in front of me, so I can't. Well, look at that. it's good. I think he's hitting over three fifty with runners in scoring position. Last I heard, so. wins above replacement. He's fifth in the NL. Yeah. So, and that's the biggest one, really. Matt Carpenter. From St. Louis is second in wins above replacement in the NL. He is first in home runs. So I think he might have well, a little bit but, of an edge. But you you got to look at the position they play. It's it's you know being an outfielder. Um, there's obviously a much more competition there for wins. You know, there's more guys. There's three outfielders. There's only one first baseman. So okay. th- when that's something I really am wondering now. When they calculate wins above replacement, is that calculated against all other outfielders? Or is it just left fielders? Because Yelich has been switching from left to right. He I think plays it's just outfielders. I think so, too. So that makes it a little harder to be, you know, to mm. be that much. It's, it's a bigger, it's 
a lot more players. But anyways, my point is, is Carpenter is doing this at first base. At first base, his defense isn't as impactful, and Yelich is base running. He cuts bases. Him and Lorenzo Cain cut bases. Man, those guys are incredible. Only They're fourteen incredible. stolen bases, though. Yeah, only fourteen stolen bases, but he doesn't get caught, and. Just the way he goes first to third, and then there's been so many times he's scored on a double. You know, he's at first, then scored on a double, and I I can't think of another player, even Billy Hamilton, uh, that that could have. And he he gets around the bases. They timed him compared to with Jonathan VR before. On Jonathan VR is way faster, but he just runs the bases garbage. He's going really wide around the bases. Yelich is 6'3", and somehow he's athletic enough. He cuts these bases and just stays right on the line. I don't know how he does it. He's the best base runner I've seen. That's, I mean. Okay. And there's just lots of little things like that. I mean, I would have to say anybody, anybody out there would trade Matt Carpenter for Christian Yelich. That's a good point. So, but it it is also interesting because who else is in that conversation for MVP? Nolan Arnato from the Rockies, I think, would have to be up there. He's got 31 homers, wow. 91 him and, RBIs. Him and Jesus Aguilar have just both... 305 batting what, average. What happened to their power? They're both still getting their hits. Aguilar's batting average has dropped. What happened to their power? It stays, I guess. Well, Aguilar's home run pace has slowed down. Well, the interesting thing is Aguilar is still second in the league in uh, home runs per at-bat, right around 13. A few weeks ago, he was at 10. He just went on... Uh, you mean uh, at-bats per home run? Yeah, I said that wrong. But um, yeah. but it's he just went on nearly a 60 at-bat streak without hitting a home run, and he's still second in the league in that. That's phenomenal. It shows how hot he was at the beginning of the year. Well, and how much real consistent power he's had throughout his major league career as short as it's been. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What does he hit now? 46 homers in in a, about just over a season's worth of at-bats. Okay. I'll I take mean, your word for that. I think he's just over. He m- might be getting close to 700 at-bats total now, but I'm, I'm going to look that up. Okay. Because that, if he's got 46 homers and he's any, anywhere near – 600 at-bats, man, that is impressive. Meanwhile, something that is impressive but in a bad way, Michael Fulmer was absolute garbage yesterday, gave up seven extra base hits. I can't recall many starting pitchers who lasted less than five innings giving up seven extra base hits in one outing. You mean lasting more than five innings? No, he was. I think he was under five innings. Well, there's... So if like if, that's got to happen a lot though, guys giving up seven extra bases. Seven hits. seems like a high number for one start. Yeah, I've I mean, how about for him at least? For well, for him, yeah, with his stuff, I mean, that's how does that happen? What what's usually happened? if a guy gives up five or six, you're yanking him. Is well, kind of my point too. How long had Chris Bazio been there before he got fired? I don't remember that now. Was it a mm, month or two? Oh, okay. So that's in terms of regular season, I mean, he was there during spring training and things like that if you count that but yeah it's he is uh very hard to figure out michael falmer coming off the dl was great shut out the white Sox, played an even worse offense in the royals and gave up seven earned runs two homers in three and two-thirds innings now his era is at 4.71 should you're the baseball expert so i'll ask you should the tigers or at least Tigers fans be pressing the panic button with Michael Fulmer. No, still no. no. No, he's a young pitcher, man. This stuff happens. Guys have bad years. Um, there's been, I mean, every young Brewers pitcher I can remember, aside from Ben Sheets, has had stretches like Michael Fulmer's had. As long as you don't see a significant drop in velocity, I would not be concerned. So at you'd all. be more looking at the velocity than the actual numbers that he's putting up as he's coming back from this injury. For now. As long as the team, you know, it would be a different story if the team was trying to compete. Fair. How long would you give him if he continues on this up-and-down pace before you would worry? 
Basically, and what is his timetable from turning around? I'd have to talk to the guy and okay. see what well, I mean, that is a hard question Make a sweeping answer. generalization for us. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously, all of next year at minimum. You're going to give him all of next year to, to try to bounce back? At minimum, and probably more than that. I mean, it depends if he keeps, like, does he, like, level off and just stay kind of like uh, where he's at, or does he keep on a downward trend? A lot of there's a lot of different things. Those are hard questions. I'm just a little anxious. That's all. I'm I not ready tell. to like slap the panic button, but I think I'm okay. I'm in the right to be anxious about about the nah. guy who's the cornerstone of the franchise no, right now. Don't be hasn't had a good season at all. Don't be anxious at all. I'm just a little anxious. Look at what uh, the Brewers did with Willie Peralta. Man, they gave him about two two years, almost over two years. And he doesn't have the upside of Michael Fulmer. So these um, these young pitchers, man, they can it can take a while to they can take it take it by storm and then um once guys start figuring you out your release mm-hmm. point and you know, once they can see the ball out of your hand better, man, then then it can take the pitcher a while to you know, I there is it's just any number of things. Okay. It can take the pitcher a while to get back to where he wants to be. One more crazy, maybe surprising stat before we go to break. When the ti- the Tigers traded Mike Fires to the Oakland A's, if you recall, since he has joined the Athletics, four starts, three and zero, one point five ERA, twenty eight strikeouts, three walks. You are the only reason you are saying that is because I just slam <laughs> Mike Fires. Yeah, you do. Uh, now he ranks eighth among AL starters in ERA this season, ahead of Luis Severino, David Price, and Dallas Keuchel. They're all way better pitches than him. ERA. But it's just crazy, though. ERA is a stat. I'm just saying, it's crazy. It's not really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. He's had good years in the past, so it's, but it's whatever. But being eighth in the AL, you wouldn't expect that. He was an innings-eater guy. He uh, He was... He was top. I know he was top twenty in the NL a year or two with the Brewers in ERA. He's and then, done it for so stretches. then, why do you hate him? He's done it for stretches because then he'll do it and you'll start to get confidence in him, and then he just completely falls off. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, what? What the heck happened? There's no drop in velocity because you can't drop velocity when you're throwing under ninety miles an hour. Good point. And and you just, I don't know what it is. Um, I think the main thing for Fires right now is, you know, in the AL Central, he hadn't been seen a lot before, and then now he's back out. Uh, his last few starts probably been more unfamiliar opponents. I don't know what okay. what you could lean it on, but it's just it's not going to be sustained for more than a year or two. Okay. I can guarantee that. All right. We'll see. When we come back, we'll switch over to football. Get some preseason Action. Just for the record, though, too, Mike Fires is one of uh, the key pitchers that won me a uh, fantasy baseball league one year. Congratulations! So he, I just kept picking him up, picking him up on waivers. It was like I had a six starter. Mm-hmm. I had just a rotation of guys I would drop on waivers and pick him back up, and he won me more than a few. You're welcome. But I, so it's not like I'm, you know, you're. Kind I, of I'm a just. Hater. I well, I'm a hater on it, but I mean for reasons. I have reasons to like him. They're just not. Okay. They just don't outweigh the reasons right. to not. But he's way off in the AOS. He can do whatever. Yeah. I don't care anymore. We'll get some football right after this. Nice. Football fans, your favorite way to get in the game is back. The $100,000 pigskin payday returns to Ojibwa Casino this season. Come in to predict the winners of each week's pro football games. Pick right and you can take home a weekly share of over $675 in cash, free play, and pro football swag. Play all season for a chance at the $100,000 grand prize. The most exciting time of the year just got better with Pigskin Payday 2. Only at Ojibwa Casino, Barriga and Marquette. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for a used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. 
Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. Now let me tell you about the first fish fry that took place less than 50 yards from the front door of the Carp River Saloon. One day the three toads feed waded across the river with his weekly provisions. A sack of flour, a bag of fish, a basket of eggs, and a pot of oil. Well, Sveed tripped on a log and everything went flying. The pot landed in the fire. Everything else landed in the pot. Yes, Sveed said it was messy but tasty. Uh, the Friday fish fry at the Carp River Saloon at Marquette Mountain, where things are always looking up. Open daily at noon. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, Marquette. There you go. Nice job. You know, Blake, it, it, it makes it a little easier if my mic's on. Yeah, it would help. Give us a call, 906-226-4570. Preseason football last week. It's a, it's a good day for football for two reasons. Week four of the preseason, which on the field is terrible because it's the worst football, but it means that preseason football is going to be over. So that's a good thing. Also, we get more college football. Real week one college football tonight. Can we talk about the Packers trade? They made we we did a little bit yesterday, but if you'd like to give your comments was on there, how, how who, stupid who is Seattle is, was who is in here yesterday? Jake Durant. Jake, that's who. I, okay, well, he's a Packers fan. What did he say about it? He loved it because he hates Brett Hundley. I wouldn't say he hates him personally, but did not like him well, as the Packers' backup quarterback. No, and the thing is, uh, for a backup, the Packers need a pocket passer, man. I, it, it's like. It's like they want their backup to come in and do these same things that Aaron Rodgers is doing. They want this athletic guy that can make plays outside of the pocket. Well, the idea is your backup should mirror your starter so you don't have to change your offensive scheme. How do you mirror Aaron Rodgers? It doesn't happen. It's not possible. Their offensive line is good enough, and they have the wide receivers and tight ends to just have a pocket passer back there. Three seconds, get rid of the ball. They, those don't there grow was, on trees, though. There were, the Josh, there's so many Josh McCowns out there, it's not even funny. But they're still not good. They're not good, but they could have won a few more games last year and had a better shot at the playoffs. I think they would have made the playoffs if they got Colin Kaepernick last year. Yeah, I think so, too. But the thing, the thing of it is, there were so many plays. I watched the Packers-Buccaneers game this morning from last year. and You must have been really bored. Well... I was watching Brett Hundley, yeah, and and I'm just really excited about. Also, that game, Clay Matthews had like three sacks and ooh against yeah. the Buccaneers. Whoa. Anyway, um, are they they are in the National Football League though, aren't they? Barely, like, barely. What's ooh. your point? My point is that offensive line gave Hundley all the time in the world. There was so many plays in not just that Buccaneers game, in almost all of the games. There was so many times I counted to four or five, and he's just standing back there. And then he would end up taking a sack. And and it's like, so basically you're going to stand there for five seconds, and you're going to see these guys coming and still somehow get sacked. It's impressive, isn't it? Or he would throw a pick. Yeah. How do you let either one of those things happen when you have four or five or more seconds? How does Seattle think that... Brett Hundley is a good backup quarterback. That's my question. They might think he's a little better than what they had. He's going to do even worse in Seattle, probably. That offensive line is not going to give him five or six seconds. And he doesn't have any weapons offensively around him. If he ever has to play, I mean... Maybe they'll just like run a read option type offense or some college he's not even, offense. He doesn't even have that breakaway speed, though. He's, he would still he's get caught... Fast. By the those linebackers, he picked up a lot of big time third down last year on the read option. The Packers ran it a few dozen times with them. He was extremely successful. He still stinks. He's yes, that's what I'm standing by. He, they they got a six round pick for him. At least it wasn't a seventh. I'm it's surprised still, it was a sixth. I thought they would be you know one of those cash considerations kind of deals. A couple years ago, I bet they could have easily got a second. Yeah, I wouldn't say second. Yo, fourth. Yeah. Oh, no. It, no, second. Fourth. After his first two preseasons? Oh, yeah. It was just preseason, he was, though. 
dominating. He looked so Pre-season. good. He looked so good. So on Tuesday, we mentioned how Michigan's football season was dead because of Skip Bayless, right? Aaron Rodgers is now dead because of Skip Bayless. He came from the rafters. This is a great, great take. I am all in on Skip Bayless now. I, I'm done a complete 180. Big Skip Bayless fan. So you are Skip Bayless. Not only are you in on him, you've become him. I've not become him. But well, you just did a huge think, flip. You just we think a lot of the same thoughts. You just did a 180. Oh my goodness! You think thoughts like Skip? Bayless? Are you ready for this one though? You. This is great. Right when I'm taking you from here, putting you in the back of the van, we're taking you to the nut house. You just said you think like Skip Bayless. Here we go. Here's his tweet. S- scary. This has to do with Aaron Rodgers and his contract. All right. He said, "That's a whole lot of money for an Aaron Rodgers who's five and six in the playoffs since his one and only Super Bowl. The five wins versus Joe Webb, Kirk Cousins, Dez Rob Dallas." The boat trip Odell's, and thanks to interplanetary field goals of 56 and 51 by Mason Crossbar, somewhere Tom Brady is shaking his head. I mean, that's just poetry right there. How could you dispute that? How could I dispute that? Five and six cents his one and only Super Bowl win. So what is he really then? Nine and six in the playoffs? That's pretty darn good. Mm, No Super Bowl since then, though. Okay, well, he's won a Super Bowl. No Super Bowl since then. How many other quarterbacks haven't won a Super Bowl since then? Yeah, but Most how many them... are called the best in the league? One, and that's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Tom Aaron Brady's Rogers won a couple since is then. is the best. I don't know. Uh, not according to Skip, apparently. He's the I best. thought Skip was a big Aaron Rodgers fan. No. I, I, I don't no, know what happened. Was, um, I was surprised by this. He was never a big Aaron Rodgers really? fan. He was always, yeah, it was oh, always. Did you see that video where someone made... Uh, a, a cut up of Skip Bayless debating Skip Bayless about Aaron Rodgers, and they're like making counterpoints against each other. Oh, with Skip Bayless clips? Yes. Well, I didn't see it, it but it's hilarious. Yeah, well, that's because, like you just did, you did a 180. You, you said the other day we we're just slamming Skip Bayless, and now you're talking about how you've done a 180 and you love Skip Bayless. So, like I've said, you've become Skip Bayless. I guess so. I'm Skip Bayless now. Look out, America. You've got two now. It's there's, a great day. There's no there. He needs to retire. There, we can only have one. Really, one is too many. Good point. Let's get to some preseason though. Week four. At I, least if you become Skip Bayless, it'll probably be pretty. That's uh, that's that's insurance policy that you'll hold on to your hair. I guess that's that's the only thing. I don't know. Something. My my hair is uh, pretty full right now. That makes one of us in this room. <laughs> yeah, it does. Lions versus Browns tonight. Big time matchup. Big time game. They tried to actually make this a preseason rivalry, and there used to actually be a trophy for it. I don't know if you knew that. Well, you said, wait, Lions-Browns? Yeah. The Packers always used to play the Browns in the preseason. Well, you can play them, but the Lions also did. Okay. This, they used to... Drew Carey would always do the, like, the... There would be, like, a little Drew Carey skit before the Browns-Packers game. You know what I'm talking about? Good story. Back when Drew Carey was, like... Good story. I'm enthralled. <laughs> so, All right, Skip. I, Maybe I'll become Shannon Sharp over here. I hope the Lions do a couple things here in this preseason game. One, any starter or anybody they think can start in week one... Don't even bring your pads. Don't even bring a helmet. Do not play in this game. It would be so dumb to put anybody, any starter out there in week four of the preseason that doesn't matter. Well, what was it last week against the Raiders? I think the Packers didn't dress 16. Right. That's yeah, that's what the Lions should whole. do in week four. I, there might, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Bulaga played tonight. We're talking about the Lions, man. Or wait, stay on focus. But, but still, though, the Packers are playing tonight, so. Well, we're gonna get to them. Okay. Don't. Uh, Why can't we just do them first? Because, because I said so. I run this show. Oh, also, by the way, Jesus Aguilar is just over seven hundred at. All right. So, getting back to the Browns Lions preseason game, the second thing I want to see is I want Amir Abdullah to be run into the ground, and not so he gets hurt. Give him twenty-five carries. And hope that he does well so the Lions can trade him. That's what needs to happen. This is going to be an Amir Abdullah showcase. Let him take all the carries. Let everybody else rest. Then they can trade him. Okay, well, are you done being jealous that I have so many great points to make? 
I was never jealous in the first place, and you just earned yourself a timeout. So the rest of the starters play Amir Abdullah until he can't play anymore and then trade him the very next day. If the Lions can do that, that's a successful preseason game. Well, but if Abdullah has a good game, why wouldn't you just want to keep him? Because you have enough running backs already. Theo Riddick, uh, you have Kerryon Johnson, LeGarrette Blount. That's a three-headed monster right there. Is it? Not too long ago, I heard you not eh, carry on Johnson. I never said he was bad. I said, don't get all hyped up over a preseason game. I'd be way more hyped over carry on Johnson than LeGarrette Blunt. He's the best goal line guy in the league. Yes. Look at the stats. Okay. Shaking goal your head line. does not translate through goal the radio. Line. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get you 1,200 yards. That's not the expectation for him. It's going to be a running back by committee system. Amir Abdullah will not be in that committee, which is why the Lions should trade him. Kerryon Johnson is going to make or break that Lions running game. I think so, too. And I'm going to tell you what's going to break it is that Packers defensive line. Okay, okay. We could talk about the Packers now. How about, how much are they going to lose by Kansas City? Um, I don't know. I wonder. See, Brian Bulaga has been a full participant pretty much all of camp. But he hasn't appeared yet in a preseason game. No need to. They keep saying um, he will be ready for week one. Um, but you would think that they would give him a series or two. No. Why? Be- he's so why? injury prone. You don't need he's that not, risk. He's not that injury prone. It's just the injuries he has had were like really bad. So why would you throw him out there in a meaningless preseason game? Well, it wouldn't be meaningless. It would. Why was Aaron yes, it Rodgers? Is. It's why a meaningless was, preseason game? Why you don't want to risk that. Why was Aaron Rodgers out there against the? He shouldn't have been. I was at been. the game, and I can't remember who, who. Oh yeah, the Steelers. There are a number of teams that have not played the starting quarterbacks all preseason. Even Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, likes I don't think has played out. all preseason. Even Aaron Rodgers likes to go out and get his throw a touchdown pass in the preseason, mm-hmm. get his arm loose. I'm just saying, if. Aaron Rodgers had gotten hurt in that one series. You would have been, hey, Mike McCarthy, why'd you have Aaron Rodgers out there? That was so dumb. Fire Mike McCarthy. I'm just saying. Do you ever think the words fire and Mike McCarthy would ever come out of my mouth? Yes. Just like every other Packers fan. I thought you knew me better than that, Blake. I didn't think any Packers fan likes Mike McCarthy. Are you kidding me? No. Mike McCarthy. I've heard a lot of hate for him. Is the best coach in Green Bay since... I thought you were going to say in history, and I was going to be like, oh, no, well, that's the Packers a hot take. have had three decent mics in my lifetime. Mike McCarthy's the best one. I'd take Mike McCarthy over Mike Holmgren any day. Mm. I bet He's a lot the of best people wouldn't Lombardi. Okay. All right. I'm a, I, I could not even come close to touching on how much, oh my goodness, just I'm oozing over Mike McCarthy. I could not. I only and got all eight the, minutes. Uh, time he's wasted with Aaron Rodgers' prime. I've only got seven minutes, we can and go I couldn't to that. come even close We're to gonna... talking about how much I love Mike McCarthy. Okay, guy is an incredible coach, and I know another football, f- another Packers fan that loves him. My neighbor Greg. So that makes two out of however many Packers fans oh, there are. Well, you know, I don't know what the heck is wrong with all the other Packers okay. fans. All he does is win. He's the fastest coach to 100 wins in NFL history. So. Only one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, though. I don't know. Only one. Yeah. What is wrong with that? Only far only won one. What's so wrong you, with that? How many Super Bowls have the Lions ever won? Zero. Okay, next topic. I'm just saying, if you as a Packers fan are so high and mighty, saying they're the best franchise, saying they're way better than the Lions, why do you have to compare to the Lions? You just bring yourself down to their level. No. Yeah. I'm proving how much above their level they are. I that's not the argument. Well, that's not, you're saying I brought the Packers You compare franchises down to, their level. to the Lions, of course they're going to seem like successes. Is this argument, you know what? We're just going to go to break. Hi, this is John Christensen at John's Auto in Marquette. People ask us what makes us successful. The secret is that we buy clean vehicles in the most popular models, equipment, and only one to five years old that are from out of the UP Rust Belt exposure. We inspect, clean, and cover them with a no-charge, no-deductible warranty that is good most everywhere. We have been voted the number one source for used vehicle in Marquette County for the last 12 years. Shop us today or visit johnsauto.net. That's johnsauto.net. 
This week, the Westwood Patriots are home for the first time this year when they host the Iron Mountain Mountaineers Friday night, and you can catch all the action on ESPN-UP. It's a new year for the Patriots, and all season long, every single second of the action is yours on the air and online. The Patriots and the Mountaineers, Friday night, with pregame starting at 6.30, only on ESPN-UP. 93.3 FM, AM 970, online at ESPNUP.com and on the ESPN-UP app. Now, back to the sports pen. Here's Blake Froling. Play the $100,000 pigskin payday all season long at Ojibwe Casinos, Barriga, and Marquette. Win it big, hit it big. You're going to go down and play the $100,000 pigskin payday, Blake? I might. You never know. I'm leaving that door open. Give us a call. We've only got a couple minutes left here because Charlie goes on and on and on and on and on. And I had to. I, how many times have I mooded you today? Three? Two or three? Well,. I don't. I don't know. We the same question. You get the same answer. How many times did Blake get super salty? About about me having so many good points. Mm. Then then your only answer is mute button. Mm. See what, what was that? What was that? Can't hear you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, no. Blake, you can always hear me. You hear me in your dreams, man. Unfortunately, I'm haunting you. Unfortunately. Uh, so just an update for everybody out there. There are a couple high school football games tonight. Marquette will be at Traverse City Central. Nagani will be at Calumet. And if you have not heard, the Gwynn game against Manistique has been canceled because Manistique does not have enough players oh my healthy for the team. So that's a win automatically for Gwynn. Uh, we'll have a couple games tomorrow night, including our Westwood game against Iron Mountain at home. Pre-game starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7. Tune in on at ESPNUP, ESPNUP.com. Our free ESPN UP app available on iPhone and Android. We make it easy. Wow, you just did that all by the people. They they probably think you were reading something, looking nope. at something. That's that was all just up all, in my noggin. Yep. When you say it a million times, you just remember. Yeah, well, even all the game info, all the mm-hmm. everything you were just spitting out, just spitting it out. That was really something. I'm like an encyclopedia. Imagine what things you could have done if. You didn't dedicate your life to meaningless sports. Yeah, <laughs> I think that every day. Probably could have cured a disease at this point, but I like talking about sports. Instead, you've just spread a disease. Oh, ouch. That hurt. I'm in on that, too. So, right? I- I'm the sickly one, it, it, literally Fair. and figuratively. So. Here's another plug. Right before the sports pen tomorrow, you can tune into our ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Hear from all the coaches previewing slash recapping their games because there are games tonight, so we had to switch it up a little bit. 3 o'clock, and then again at 5 o'clock, it'll be myself and Jake Durant. You can tune in. Charlie, you can educate yourself a little bit and uh, listen to that show. Ooh, educate myself? Yeah. Ooh, I might have listened before you said that. Oh, you don't like the whole educating part? Here's another plug. Okay. The people, there's not a specific date yet. People should get ready. Going to be starting a podcast. Whoa. Didn't see that coming. Well, we don't plug other content that might be in conflict with us, like competition. No. It's not. I, really? ESPN Radio would be good worried point. about me being competition? Yeah, good point. Catch what's good with the chucker. The chucker? Yep. That's me. I'm the chucker. Okay. That's an interesting name. Why didn't you go by that when you called in? That would have been great. Have a pseudonym? Because I was Charlie from Scandia. You could have been Chucker from Scandia. Oh, man. People would have remembered you so much more nah. if you came up like that. Yeah, well, Charlie from Scandia, that worked. Yeah, it was, it was all right. It got her done. I'm sitting in this chair. Yeah, you got kind of lucky, I will say. Also, forgot to mention, uh, the Jets announced that Sam Darnold is going to start week one nice. against the Lions. Good. Which means that he's going to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and beat the Lions on Monday Night Football. Well, hopefully he throws a couple picks. No, I just have a feeling, you know, all logic would say that he's going to stink because he's the youngest rookie quarterback to play since the 70s. But because the Lions, he's going to tear them up. Here's what I'm wondering. Why did the Lions let Tyre Whitehead walk? Money. Yeah, but man, it's he's always money. Good, man. He's all right. 
No, he, he was, was good. Above average. He w- yeah, above average. They wanted better than that, apparently. They wanted better than above average, huh? Yes. You'd think the Lions would just be striving for average at this point. You would think. They've kind of gotten to that average point now. Two nine and seven seasons in a row, that's pretty average. I guess they are like the epitome of average now for the I'll last, take that. this decade. That's a big win, and we're out of time. Thanks again, Charlie, for coming in. Thanks for having me. You're listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishmael Marquette.